Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. Excited to have you here again on another day of learning and just love to say thank you so much to all of you who have subscribed to the podcast, who have shared it with your friends and colleagues, because our real goal here is to make sure that we spread as many of the best practices possible for you to grow in your business. And today we have another awesome guest I'm excited to talk about. She's actually become a friend over the last couple of weeks and really gotten to know that we share a lot of the similar philosophies inside of our business. Today, we're gonna to be talking to Nick Bradfield, who is a consultant to the stars, if you will, we'll just call her that, <laughs> and help her and talk with her about uh, the importance of having a consultant or to, uh, I guess, even talk a little bit around how making sure your consultant is not your crutch. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks, thanks for having me, Dino. And again, I go formal. I keep calling you Nicole and it's Nick. Let's call her Nick. Everyone calls her Nick, except for me. I call her Nicole. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for being here. One of the things that we, uh, and you're calling in from Texas, right? No, I'm in Penny Farms, Florida. Oh, my, I don't know why I keep thinking you're Texas. Are you a Texas girl? No, probably because our mutual connection with Scott. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably that. I don't know yeah. why I'm thinking that all the time. Well, um, one of the things that I think that uh, really connects all of us in life is our story. And so let's start off as we always do on this show and tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into this industry and uh, how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Well, my story is not very interesting, but um, I was a young <laughs> mom. I met my husband working at, as we call it in the country, the McDonald's, right? And um, it was time for me to be something else than working at McDonald's. And a local dentist in um, Dr. Garber and Musinski in Toledo, Ohio, where we worked, placed an ad. And this is back before computers, you know, because I'm older. This is back before computers. And <laughs> I had to call and leave a message. And my very young married mom mind was like, you know what, I'm going to be a professional. So I picked up that phone and I left a message and I said, which this was very gutsy for me at the time. I said, your ad said that you need somebody who is forward thinking, creative, a go-getter. And um, I forget what the other thing was, but I called up on the phone and I said, hi, my name is, you know, Nikki, Nikki Bradfield. And I read your ad and I am all of those things and more. You would be remiss if you didn't call me back. Wow. How gutsy. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. They called me back. Um, I worked there for several years and then we got transferred to San Diego, California. And I went to work for a dental group where I met Dr. Marth Rothstein, the guy that did my braces. And it was a dental group back in the 80s. Before dental groups were like well thought of, you know, you had, a, you had all the specialties, the orthodontist came in a few days a week. He straightened my teeth and I fell in love with orthodontics, but I didn't stay in orthodontics. I ended up working for a couple of um, Navy dentists who started their own practice and stayed in the reserves because the interest rates were so high in the 80s. A lot of them did, you know, military and then did their own thing. And I met a... Uh, a really great orthodontist who introduced one of the doctors I worked for to his wife. His name was Bud Rubin and a lady worked for Bud Rubin who was starting her own consulting company. And when I was getting relocated to 
uh, Washington, D.C., she had a client there who needed somebody to run his office. She negotiated my salary sight unseen. He hired me, never met me, and I started there. And I was wow. there 17 years and ended up owning 49% of the practice before I left. So, you know, that's a long story short, but it ended up being a really um, mutually beneficial relationship. And I worked for the consulting company um, consecutively while I ran that office and then for a while afterwards. Wow, that's uh, that, to start from actually being someone working in the office to actually owning part of the company, that doesn't happen very often. You don't hear that story very often. I guess not. And that's what, that's what they tell me. <laughs> but it's kind of like you've said, Dina, we've talked a lot in the last few weeks. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So you know, I didn't know that wasn't a thing. I, right. I thought everybody wanted to be the entrepreneur. I thought everybody wanted to own something. And so right. I did. Wow. That's really, really cool. That's great. And that was, when did you leave that practice? I left that practice in 2008. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then you were working as a consultant. You stopped consulting uh, for a little bit. And then now you are, um, and like I said, a, a consultant for the stars. I think it's funny because you, you, well, you do something that not a lot of people do. And this is one of the things that really uh, attracted me to having this conversation is the fact that I think there's uh, a mindset in almost all consulting, not just our industry, but in, in many, a lot of consulting that the more clients, the better, right? Like right. you're, like you're collecting medals or like you're that near Navy, you know, Navy pilot that has the little things on the side of the, 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 the plane, you know, how many you shot down. Right. Right. And, and you don't go that route. And that's a very interesting route for a lot of people, I think. Why did you decide to do that? Because I guess in my heart, you know, it's kind of this conviction of if you're not going to give it your 100% and if you can't give it your 100%, right? So you can't, you can't be all things to all people all the time. And as yeah. a wife, right, I'm a wife and I, you know, I have a, a horse ranch and I do the things that I do here in order to be good at all of those things, I think you need to do them in balance. I think you need to do them in, it's like, I, you know this about me, I love candy, right? I love my sugar. I, I'll eat ice cream and M&Ms and all that. But if I did that all the time, I probably wouldn't fit on this screen, right? I would <laughs> be taking over the whole screen. Um, so I don't do that. And so in order to be effective and to give the quality that a client deserves in my opinion for me it's what i offer it's what i sure. can offer because it's just me um i take what i can handle um and what i can give my best to right and so for me my husband and i joke i'm the jerry Maguire of coaching you know fewer mm. fewer clients more personal attention that's just kind of the philosophy um that i came to the table with and I really was not looking to get back into the business. It wasn't really a goal of mine, though we laughed because I stayed on every blog. I paid attention to every webinar. I read every, you know, wow. book. I was just, I love the business. I love people. I love the business of orthodontics. I'm really proud of our industry. I think we do a lot of really great things. There's so many charitable people within the orthodontic space. Um, and I'm really proud of the, the 
friends that I've made throughout that and what they've contributed to not just orthodontics, but to society as a whole. We have sure. so many go-givers, as, as you would call it, um, within our space. So I was never really looking to, to get back in, but then the time frame of my non-compete ended and the phone started ringing and I couldn't say no. I, I, they needed help and I couldn't say no. So I said yes. And um, I found that the most fulfilling part of doing this is you want them to outgrow you. Yes. Kind of like raising children, sort of, you know, if you've done it well, they're successful adults, right? They're, you, you can look and go, oh my gosh, they're adulting so well. My son will tease me. He'll send a text and go, did another adulting thing today, mom, super proud. I mean, he's 33, but, but if, if you are, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. This is just my philosophy and how I do it. Everybody else does it differently. And, and that's not saying I'm right and they're wrong, but the way that I that's work right. it is, I appreciate that. If, yep. That's so true. If I can teach the client and the, the team members that I'm working to figure it out on their own, to give them a set of tools to solve their own problems and to come up with a solution that fits them, fits their brand, fits who they are, is authentic, unique, and genuine to who they are, and they don't need me anymore, I did my job and I did it well. Whether, mm. whether they're a client anymore or not, if they can graduate from me and look back on our time and go, man, you know what? I'm glad I did that. And it is still serving me well today. Yeah. Well, I, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation too um, is because of that philosophy of like, look, I want to make sure that I don't become a crutch to everyone. I use, I use the example all the time that if I become your crutch, the moment I leave you, you're going to fall. And if I truly care about what you are doing in this business and world, then I want to set you up to soar on your own, not having to have the, why isn't Dino here? Or let's have Dino do this. And, you know, of course, everyone loves repeat clientele. Everyone loves to know that they're making an impact and a difference. But the ultimate goal is to let that bird out of the nest and fly. And that's, that's the, 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 for me, the ultimate goal anyway. So that's why we're simpatico in that situation, in that conversation, right? Right. The other area that I want to talk to, and I know it probably, I've mentioned to you, I'll probably, you know, push a few buttons and, uh, and, and frustrate a few people. And again, this is philosophy according to Dino, the gospel of Dino, right? This is just, it's just me. You can share the good news, Dino. Share the Here's good news. The good news <laughs> is that, you know, you don't, I, I don't, I don't believe that there is a competition. I believe the competition is in the gray matter between your ears, right? Like if you're so focused on what the so-called competition is doing, then you are, um, you don't know who your ideal client is. You don't know what you should be doing in your business. And you think that building, pushing them down is going to build you up. I, I use a saying a lot, right? That says, uh, it's from a mentor of mine who says, there's two ways of building the tallest building in the city. Either you tear down all the other city or all the other buildings, or you build the tallest building in the city. And I think sometimes in business, whether it be as an orthodontist, a dentist, a consultant, it doesn't matter what it is, we go about the way of tearing things down as opposed to building up. And um, we do that through 
the fear of competition. We do that through exclusivity. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, so if I hire you, then I have you exclusively, right? I'm the only person in my city who can hire you. And I'm like, why are you trapping my business to less? Like, no, that's, that's not okay. Like you can't control my business that way, but you've been around long enough to see some evolutions. You've been around long enough to see some different right. scenarios. What do you, what do you think about that, about, about this idea of competition, exclusivity? Um, yeah. Well, to not, not to sound crass, but I think it's crap. Um, mm. I mean, here's the deal. I can give you a coaching. I can give you coaching, but everybody's different, right? Like, so Dr. Smith is different than Dr. Jones, who's different than so-and-so, even if they're in the same city. Um, if you're creating custom solutions, which is what, what, what I do or what we do, um, and we're coming up with something that's specific for that, for that doctor that matches that doctor's brand, that doctor's personality, the vibe of his office, the culture that he's got going on. I'm not gonna go to Dr. Jones down the street, who's a totally different person, and give him the same thing. So I don't have a playbook manual where I go, okay, these are all the things that you're gonna say and do, here's the Bible, follow the Bible to the letter, and you're gonna be successful. Because I really think people in this day and age want real. They want authenticity. They want somebody genuine. They want somebody vulnerable. They, if you make a mistake in your business and you don't say, you know what? We screwed up. I'm sorry. We screwed up. Let me make that right for you. And you're vulnerable enough to do that. Then I think that you're making a mistake. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're also not honoring the intellect of the person that you are quote bamboozling by not telling them the truth, if you know what I'm saying. So talk way around something rather than just addressing it and saying, Hey, I did a thing. So sorry. We, we don't know how this happened. Let us make it right. People respect that kind of, that kind of level of vulnerability and honesty. And I think as coaches and consultants, we need to be able to be help people be more authentic, more genuine, more vulnerable, because people actually appreciate that. And when you're reading a, you know, you and I are, have had this conversation before when you're reading scripts and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not anti giving somebody a script as a baseline to start. Right. I'm right. not, I'm not anti going, you know, this is what I might say, but why don't you read that and tell me what you, what you hear, because how someone else speaks isn't how I speak. Right. So that person may take those words and they're their own and they're comfortable with that. Then use those words, use those yeah. words that fit you that are true to you. And, and so, you know, not being, not being exclusive to me, first of all, would an orthodontist ever ask a patient um, or, or a referral source going, right you know what I mean? I, why would they, why would they try to limit what we're bringing to the table? Now I can, I can honestly tell them I'm not going to create for someone else what I've created for you because you're a whole different yes. entity. And yeah. I can honor that my integrity is there and I can make that promise to them. And I think that they all know I'm not going to do that. Um, but I also think you limit yourself, you limit that office and 
you know, in some respects, why would, why would I want to hold that doctor hostage too? Because if he yeah, wants to only work with you, isn't he going to have to pay a higher price to prevent you from working with other people? And wouldn't then he feel like if he let you go, then you would go like, do you don't, do you see where I'm going yeah, with that? I don't, yeah, totally. I don't see where that benefits either party. Yeah. I look at it as a marriage, right? Like I don't want to make my wife feel like she has to be with me, right? That she's hostage to being with me. I'm sure sometimes she feels that way, but I don't want to make her feel that way. Right. Um, but when it comes to, to business, look, I look at myself, I'm, I'm one book and a library of resources. Right. And I would never go to somebody and say, okay, here's the only book you should ever read. And this right. is uh, the only tools you should ever have. Because when I do that, if my ultimate goal is to really see that business be successful, if my ultimate goal is to help that person help as many people as they want to help and really be prolific in doing so, then who am I to hold back the opportunity for them to grow? And, and you know what, I've been really grateful because I've had, a, you know, I, my whole premise of my consulting is my goal is to make anything that you implement inside of your business, whether that be another consultant or another book or some seminar you went to or software, that much better. Right. And I've been very fortunate that I've had a lot of people who have come to me and said, Hey, I want to coach with you, but I'm, I'm also coaching with this other person, or I want to, I'm consulting with this person. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't threaten me. I'm totally okay with that. I think it's great because they have a skill set. They have a way they have, man, if I can give you three ways to do one thing and they can give you three more ways to do one thing. Well, guess what? Now you have six ways to do one thing. Right, right. Yeah. I was in, I was a, uh, my dad, my stepdad was a concrete contractor growing up. And so we worked our summers doing terrible concrete. I, I hated it. It's the reason why I work in an office now and not with my hands. It was the worst job ever. But what I learned from that was sometimes you need multiple tools to do one job. Right, yes. And, and it's okay. I want you to have a tool shed not a toolbox. I want a tool shed of tools. Right. So um, I also wanted to ask you though about the idea of how do you, um, how do you leave a client then afterwards when, they're, when you're done, how do you leave them knowing that life's gonna happen, right? Whether it be a COVID-19 situation or right. new team members that are gonna get hired or maybe a new associate. How do you, how do you help them after well dino you and i both do this right like they can call or email us anytime that something comes up that they need it but but i always leave them with listen you've got this you i know you've got this and if you ever want to bounce anything off anybody you know my number you can call text mm. or email me anytime most of the time I'll get a call, text, or email, and I did it with I did it with a, a client this week, and she said I did these things, and I said, and that's perfect. You did it perfectly. Proud of you. Good on you. Keep going, and I want you to share those successes with me. Um, now, depending, right? 
uh, they may graduate from me. And I know we've had this conversation before. If you want to play pro baseball, you start, you know, at T-ball and you work your way up. You don't have the same coach the whole time to get to the made to get to MLB. You just don't. Right. You don't go from T-ball to Detroit Tiger. You have a lot of steps along the way. There are different skill sets and different coaches at different levels throughout that. There is no reason why you can't learn one thing from one. And as you develop as a, a, an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a business owner, as a, an employee, that you don't continue to grow and go up that ladder with different coaches. You know, I have a, I have a, a client right now and it's, it's time to move on to the next coach. My skill set for what is next for them, it, it's not, it's not my, it's not my bag. <laughs> it's not my bag. It's somebody else's bag. And I'm going to refer them over and say, you know what? I love you. We'll always be friends. If something happens in the future and you need me, I'm always here for you. And it's time for you to now move to this level with this person and to level up. And I am not the be all, do all, end all to orthodontics. Uh, I don't know everything. I don't profess to know everything. Uh, I have a coach um, and, and I use multiple resources for me to develop as a human and for me to develop as an entrepreneur and a coach myself. And you and I are both like avid readers and audible and we share mm -hmm. both forth. And a girlfriend of mine has already like read the whole list that you left with us last week. And I'm like, dude, I'm so <laughs> far behind. I, I, you're going to have to keep, we should just share an audible account. But why would, why, if I'm not going to stop improving myself, why would we want our, want any different for our client, right? So they have to graduate from me to, to be somewhere else. And that's kind of how we, you know, we leave them with the confidence that everything we taught, they got it. They've got it. And, and encouraging them with those first few phone calls afterwards going, yes, that's exactly, that's exactly right. That sounds like the perfect solution for you. Encouragement, I guess. So let me shift gears here for a moment and let's talk a little bit about like, what do you consider your specialties to be and why do you hone in and focus on those areas? Well, anybody that knows me will tell you that I'm incredibly OCD. Like, so I have, a, I'm, I, I'm an organizational enthusiast, you know, like I, I really have sure, that. Sure, that's a phrase. <laughs> It is now, okay, you know, I want you to use it in a sentence in the following week and let me know how that goes. It's um, like I'm vertically challenged and follically challenged, but you, right. As am I. So I'm yeah, I'm an organizational I'm enthusiast, sure. right. So, um, but, my, but my real superpower is being able to evaluate a, a situation quickly and figure out where the need is, right? Like, so because I've been, a sterilization girl and a treatment coordinator, an office manager, and I traced steps and I owned a business. I have an ability to look at all the details of the practice and the numbers, the staff feel the vibe and go, I see where the problem is. And this is what you need. It may not be me, but it may be somebody else and give that evaluation, refer them to who I think is the specialist. But for me, it's about that onboarding process and how you're going to train and communicate with them what you want and what you need, right? Because I think even, even um, in the consulting business, you bring other consultants on, if you don't teach them what you want them to do and you just throw somebody into the fire without giving them any roadmap 
you're not setting them up for success. And so for me, it's the, the protocols of, of training, right? And actually teaching some customer service levels, like how would you want to be treated as a customer? So sometimes we get in our own way and we have all these procedures of how we're supposed to do it. And you put these protocols in place and you give a girl the list and she wants to be successful at her job, right? And so she's doing the list and all she's doing is telling Mrs. Smith, no at every turn. No, Mrs. Smith, we can't do this. No, Mrs. Smith, we can't do that. No, Mrs. Smith, we can't do this. Mrs. Smith probably just wants to know what you actually can do for her, right? Teaching them to focus not only on onboarding them and telling them what they need, but teaching the team to focus on what we can do, right? And, yep. and speaking to the positive side rather than the, rather than the negative side and, and, and being of service, right? Teaching them to be of service because we are in a service industry and we really forget. We have to remind ourselves very regularly that the patients coming into the practice literally put food on your family's table and the families that work at your practice every stinking night. And if you don't treat them like those little gold bars that they are, they will go somewhere else where they are treated that way. You need to keep that at the, at the forefront of your mind when you're dealing with people. So for me, it's the training, the service, and the organization of it all, really. But to teach them to communicate first, everything I teach will fail. Just say it. No, that's great. And the, the thing about that, though, is that you're the coordinator. It sounds like to me, the conductor, right? Like you have conductor of an orchestra. They're there to keep the rhythm going. They can see who's out of time, who needs some, you know, to change out their wreath on their blow instrument, you know, their wind instrument. Like that, they, they are that person. That's you. Um, let me ask you. So I believe the hierarchy of needs in an office go from self to team to, to patient, right? Or client. Um, one of the areas that I think is probably one of the biggest challenges with so many uh, practices right now is that um, confident leadership. Yeah. And when you go and you see that, um, you see, of course, there's other parts that need help. Maybe it's that, you know, the, the intake call. Maybe it's the, the clinic needs to be more efficient. Maybe it's the schedule. How do you relate that back to the leader? Because here on this show, right, we talk primarily to the docs, to the, the practice owners, the, the business owners. You were one. You understand the power of having a great team and the importance of leadership. And when I do surveys and I ask people on a continual basis, where they feel like they're lacking the most, usually leadership skill is one of the top three. Right. So how do you help out with that? Because I know that's got to be part of your conversation and systems in order to make everything else run well. Right. It is part of my conversations, but I will tell you this. I can't teach somebody to be a great leader. It's mm. not, I only know, I only know how it works for me. But I can say, listen, we're missing something in the communication part here. And usually, you and I both know this, being a great leader is about communication and example, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm going to walk the walk, not just, you know, it's not a do as I say, not as I do. I'm going to walk the walk. So, for me as a leader, this is just how I was raised. If I'm going to ask you to plunge the toilet at my office, I better be the first one willing to plunge the toilet at my office, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to get in there and do the thing. 
Um, now, to, I'm not saying the orthodontist needs to go out and take care of the toilet, but right. they have to be willing to get in and do the hard stuff. They can't be the guy or the girl who sits in their office, waits to be buzzed, and goes to the chair and does the thing at the chair. They have to be the one who's in the mix with them, who's visible, who's out there, who's open and, and willing to hear what they have to say and be vulnerable and be open to hearing that. And then they need somebody like you, Dino, who's going to teach them to communicate that better and teach them to be a better leader. That's your bag. That's not my bag. Yeah. I can yeah. identify, I can look and go, oh, dude, whoa, we need help in the leadership realm. Let me hook you up with Dino or, you know, John Maxwell or, you know, somebody else that's going to do that better than, than I do. Because I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not the do all, be all, end all. Um, what a great awareness that is. And I think it's needed more often, um, even in leaders in their own business, to be able to recognize what you don't know and to be okay with it. I had a, I probably said this on the show before I had a mentor years ago who told me that their definition of humility is knowing that, that you are um, a genius at something anyone who stands in front of you is not, and that they are a genius at something that you are not. Right. And so having that ability to know that is, is really key and crucial. And that's what I think uh, consulting, of course, it sounds like it seems like the theme of this is really understanding your consultant, understanding yourself of what you need with a consultant. But, you know, knowing that those tools are out there for you to use. I think sometimes, and you probably come across this before, where you get the doc or the practice owner who's maybe didn't feel like they got the best value out of that consultant or that... Um, the, the, not treatment, what do you call it? The, the program didn't work, quote unquote, for them. And so they swear off all consulting. They're like, well, I don't, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. Yeah. It's a very, it's in a very interesting place to be when you swear off everything because one thing didn't work well. Well, how many times have you gone into an office, Dino, and you've heard the phrases, you know, our three favorite ones is, I know that, right? I know yes, that. Yes, I know okay? that. Remember you've said, you know, common knowledge is not common practice. I, I learned that from Dino Watt. That's my favorite yep. phrase. I keep telling it to my husband. Um, <laughs> common knowledge is not common practice, sweetie. Just saying. Um, the other one is we tried that and it didn't work. Yes. And we've always done that. Well, the we tried that and it didn't work. My question is, hmm, but did you? Because... If you, it's like buying the, it's, you know, Dino, we've said this before. Every year you and I declare we want six pack abs. <laughs> I'm 50 something years old and I have not had six pack abs since I was 30. It's not going to happen. Okay. It's not right. I, I would like it. And if somebody would like to airbrush those on, that's great. I'll do it that way. But just buying the gym membership isn't going to give me the six pack abs, right? So yes. doing the thing for a minute doesn't mean it's going to work. It's like that, that meme that you see that says, um, I have eaten healthy for two full meals and I haven't lost any weight yet. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> right. so, it's true though. And so we are such an instant gratification society 
that were like, well, I, I tried it. It didn't work. Well, sometimes things take practice and maybe honing that skill. Well, maybe you tried it that time and it didn't work. Let's relook at it and see what didn't work for you. And let's mold that into something that might work for you because this one way is just one way. And, and so I, you know, people get in their own way, people get in their own way and swear off of things. And I think there are so many more coaches in the orthodontic space now with so many different approaches and so many different personalities. I'm a strong believer that everyone needs a coach and, and that coach is different for everyone. What works for one person will not work for another and personalities fit differently and communication styles fit differently. And I'm not for everyone and you're not for everyone. And frankly, I don't take everyone. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody needs something. Everybody needs some help. And unless you're willing to get vulnerable and admit that you need that help, I don't think that you're really going to get to the level that you could get on your own without those outside eyes. I will tell you this, the years that I had our practice, we had outside consultants come in all the time and they weren't just from the company that I worked for. They were mm-hmm. other, we, I, other consultants and I won't name them on here because I don't have a right to you know, name them, but we had other groups come in and we used different marketing programs. We used different um, intake programs. We used different programs and we needed outside eyes. Even though I go, went to other practices and taught them what to do, we needed a set of outside eyes to see us objectively and clearly because you start owning that baby right and you don't want anybody calling your baby ugly right you don't want anybody calling your baby ugly and you get really protective of that baby and so having someone come in and be able to go you know I know you know and I know you've always done it that way and I know you tried this but it didn't work but let's relook at those things right and we all need that I think yeah that and that in the book um the road less stupid, Keith Cunningham, he talks about how, you know, you can't smell your own breath. You can't see your own golf swing. So you need okay. to have that outside person be like, dude, you need a mint, right? I like, <laughs> I, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you can't smell your own breath. And I, I think for me, if this conversation had a theme at all, it would be about, man, just realize that starting with any consultant that you feel comfortable with, that you feel can help you with is a good path. Um, finding out how you can expand on that and add the tools as you go along, as you see what's needed, that that is going to be your key to success. And right now, as we're all coming out of this like kind of COVID situation to recognize that you are going to go so much faster further if you do it with other people who can point out things that maybe you hadn't seen before it's worth the investment of your time and your money to do so. And I agree with you. I believe in having coaches. I have a health coach. I have a fitness coach. I have a business coach. I have a business mastermind that I belong to. And I spend a lot of money when it comes to resources. I spend a lot of those resources, financial resources and time. As a matter of fact, today, all before we got on this call, I've been on a, on a group program with 1,000, 1,500 people learning about how to do virtual uh, events better because I need those coaches to point out the stuff that I, and, and by the way, I'll say this. I mean, I have a total ego around like myself of, 
oh man, does that make me look bad if I say I don't know that thing? Or I have to admit that I, 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 I'm not an expert in that thing. And so my natural person, because I'm a middle child, right? I'm always fighting for whatever. You know, that's it, as am I. Yeah, there I'm always is. fighting for like, I want it, there it is. <laughs> and yet I've had to really learn and, and grow the muscle of, it's okay to say that I don't know. And right. it's okay to admit that I am not the expert in that thing. And it doesn't make me any less valuable it actually increases my value to be able to say, I don't know. And so I hope docs can really get that place who, you know, we know that docs are, they worked hard. They're, they're the top of their class. They've, they've fought to get to where they are. And sometimes it's hard to say that. And so I, I hope that they got that from this conversation that it's okay. It's okay to yeah. do that. It's okay. So, well, it's okay. Nick, you're always just a, a plethora of information and, and fun to talk to. We've gotten to the point of our show where we do our six rapid fire questions that you can answer and uh, we can get a little bit more knowledge from you. Are you ready to play? I hope I know the answers. Yes, I'm ready. Is there a buzz? Is so. like, there a timer? Like, do I need to hit a button? Is there a buzzer? Like, do I need to... You know, we're not asking for your, uh, your thesis on anything, but yeah, just like... no. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know if we cross okay. that line. Okay. All right. Uh, what is the one tool or resource that you believe private practice, practice owners are uh, missing inside their practice to be successful? Leadership. Just straight leadership, being better leaders. Them being better leaders and the people that they put in positions being better giving them the tools to be better leaders. Like oh, thank rather you than for throwing clarifying. a title That's at you so going, true. you've been here the longest, you're the boss of the clinic, but do you have any leadership skills? Did you hone the leadership skills? Did you teach them to be good leaders? What does that look like? So I, uh, I would say leadership a, throughout. Oh, that's, that's really uh, so good. I'm so glad I, uh, that we clarify that because it's not just you as the owner, as the leader, but leadership inside. I, I call right. everybody in the practice a leader in embryo. And we just right. want them to grow to be full-grown leaders. Yeah, that's great. Right. Um, okay, what is a book or a resource that you believe every private practice owner should be reading? Would I be wrong if I said hire and fire like a boss, Nino? <laughs> no, but I'll send you the check later. Uh, okay, well, there's one book that I'm reading that I think is really good for all humans right now. And it's yeah. Dave Hollis, Get Out of Your Own Way. Yeah, Dave and uh, Dave Hollis is married to Rachel Hollis, who. Hollis. Yeah, uh, and I've read her books, but his is, uh, I was at their conference in January. His is really good because it comes from a male perspective of lies that you tell yourself as a, as a man, but it applies mm -hmm. to men and women, but lies that you tell yourself and the things that helped him get past the lie. Like, you know, anyway, I think that's a oh. great resource for all people to realize that they can be vulnerable. And I think it's a good one for all. That's people. great. Actually, that is on my uh, list of books to read because I just got done, not, not just done, probably about four months ago, I read uh, Girl, Watch Your Face. And after I got done reading that, I wanted to write the book, Dude, Stand Up Straight. Um, yeah. 
And then, and then I, and then I know he has his book, so I want to read that too. Well, speaking of books, in my first book, The Practice RX, I focus a lot on team culture and performance as the foundation for business growth. What do you see, though, as you go into offices, you talk to your doctors, as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing with their teams and their office culture? The doc, the culture that the doctors think they have, is usually not the culture that they actually have that is really a good one that is so yeah. true yeah they, yeah we could do a whole show around that that's so yeah, we true could do a whole yeah that could be a whole other thing yeah it's very true uh it's funny because i send out surveys typically right before i go out to an office and I, typically i'll get doctors who will like argue with the results and i'm like it's a <laughs> yeah, blind yeah. survey i like like they're just telling you their raw data. So, um, all right, so I'm gonna put up on the screen for those of you that are watching through the YouTube channel. Um, I wanna put up Nicole's information here, but for those of you that are listening, Nicole, how can people reach out to you if they would like to ask you a question or find out any clarifications of conversation that we had here? Well, they can email me at nickyray67 at gmail, or I'm gonna do something unprecedented. They can text me at 904-610-6714. Um, companies, OTG, Custom Coaching Solutions, because we are off the grid. I just had to change my thing for some reason on my overlay. I had Brad Nikki Ray for whatever reason. <laughs> hey, Brad Nikki. that person may want some business. So go ahead, let's see what they get. Make sure it's Nikki Ray 67 at gmail.com. Okay. Um, What's the best advice that you've ever received in life or business? In life, from my dad, never let the way someone behaves towards you change who you are. Mm. Best advice. Best dad and best advice. Yeah. So hard sometimes. That's really, it, you know, it's good. You know, it it's is. good advice when it's really hard when you're like, crap. Hey, doing the hard stuff, but we can do hard things. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's okay. very true. So what's the best resource or tool that you believe every private practice owner should be using to grow their practice? Mm. Right now, currently? Uh -huh. Sure. Currently, I think every single one of them should have some sort of virtual platform Mm. for current patients, new patients. I feel like, you know, this whole COVID thing gave us an opportunity it, and it pushed yeah. many of us forward into something we didn't know we always needed. Right. Yeah. And people are seeing the convenience of my parents are doing doctor visits on, you know, doxy.me. They're doing they're checking in with their physicians and my parents aren't exactly techies, but they're doing these virtual appointments. And so, you know, busy moms, busy people, how great that you could do this from the comfort of your home in your yeah. pajamas if you wanted to, right? So if you're not doing some sort of virtual appointment, communication, et cetera, with your patients, you're missing the boat. Yep, I totally agree. Totally agree. Love it. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and sharing 
such great nuggets of knowledge for everybody listening on the show. You know, I know that as people listen, I've heard back from them and talk about, ah, oh, it's so entertaining and I get so much out of it. And I always love having guests on who are really going to give great value, even if it's a matter of like, oh, that's a thought I hadn't thought about before, or that's another way of thinking about it. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dino. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And everybody for listening again, thank you so much for supporting the show by uh, subscribing to the show and sharing it with your friends and colleagues. As always, our goal here is to send out the best practices possible for you to grow your business. And our hope is that you will always be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.